Hey, everybody, enjoy this episode. Become a member, members.charliekirk.com. That is members.charliekirk.com. Email us, as always, freedom at charliekirk.com and become a member to support this program. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Noble Gold Investments is the official gold sponsor of The Charlie Kirk Show a company that specializes in gold IRAs and physical delivery of precious metals. Learn how you could protect your wealth with Noble Gold Investments at noblegoldinvestments.com. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. It's where I buy all of my gold. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com. Joining us now is the center of all the energy this week at CPAC is Matt Schlapp. Matt, welcome to the program. Looks like it's a great one. Great to be with you, Charlie. Matt, give us the update of how things are going on the ground at CPAC. Yeah, you know, I think it's awfully important now that we're in this election year that we wake everybody up who feels like, you know what, we've lost so much. We've lost so much ground to the left that is there really any use after all the cheating in the elections? You know, what what do I matter? And since I live in this kind of like broken, bankrupt blue city of Washington, D.C., I experience that on a regular basis. Great people who love this country just feel like the fight is over. And so the job of CPAC with everyone who's in the hall and also just all the people who are watching from around the country and around the world is to begin the rallying cry this year to make everybody realize we are right at the brink of victory. Donald Trump wins that White House again. We get four more years to actually drain this swamp starting on the very first moment of the very first day. This gives this uh, country a new birth of freedom. It's not the long-term answer because in a democracy you get kind of short terms, but it is the absolute reprieve we need. And I I feel it, it's coming together, Charlie, because, you know, Washington's not exactly the place everybody who thinks like us wants to fly to, but this place is completely jam-packed. You know, the tickets are sold out, the rooms are gone, and people are stoked. So, so Matt, tell us about some of the big themes and some of the, I know you have Trump coming this weekend. He's going to be giving a major address. Some of the big themes uh, that you're hearing from the grassroots uh, as we get ready for this incredibly significant election in November. Yeah, it's big. It's hard to, we always say it's the biggest election in our lifetime, but this is now kind of like the only election in our lifetime, not just the biggest, but like everything is on the line. And, you know, usually our straw poll gets a lot of news. It's the Real America's Voice straw poll, but uh, I don't think it's so much about the presidency. I think you can stick a fork in her. I think that part's done. Uh, but it's the question of who's Donald Trump going to pick to be his VP. Most of those major contenders will be here in an uh, apprentice-like, uh, uh, you know, performance, showing the crowd what they what they got, what they think, uh, and then we'll ask the question of our attendees. You know, who would you like to see Donald Trump uh, pick, and then. You know, the second big theme, our overall theme is where globalism goes to die. And there's so many things happening around the world and in our society that are being clo- uh, controlled by these global elites. One of the worst things is the fact that the WHO is on the brink of taking basically the national sovereignty of free people and really dictating terms to them on basic questions of health or using health as a scare tactic. 
to shut us all down and close down our churches and close down our schools. Can you imagine, you know, Americans didn't exactly uh, clothe themselves in valor uh, during the last pandemic. Can you imagine if it's China who's dictating those terms? Well, that's that's the strange world we're going into. And these are the types of things we're talking about. So, Matt, yeah, talk more about the health thing. You have a whole bunch of doctors coming. Don't you have like Dr. McCullough or Dr. Malone's or somebody doing something huge? Tell us about that. Yeah, Dr. Malone and other leading health experts from around the world have convened their own meeting, which is coinciding with CPAC. And it started uh, yesterday at our international summit. It's the first time we've had an international summit, over 20 countries assembling to talk about these basic issues. And we passed a resolution of action and condemnation on the WHO. Robert was there. Uh, Robert and I are kind of like fake ranchers out in the Virginia mountains because we're so done with living in the city. And he's just a fabulous, wonderful, kind of late in life conservative. I don't know if he'd even call himself a conservative. He's just had enough with these elites who are destroying all of our lives. So, you know, being a conservative is the term I always use. I don't know if it's operable anymore. Now I'm just an American. And I love freedom and I adore our constitution and our history. And we have a lot of people rallying to this cause, as you know, Charlie, who maybe wouldn't have gone through the orthodox paths to get to join us. And Robert Malone is one of them. But uh, we need it. We need every single one of them. I always say, if you agree with us on a couple questions, join this fight because it's the fight to save America. So the there's also a lot of chatter around, you know, the getting the grassroots organized in Arizona, in Wisconsin and Georgia. Talk about that. You have some big precinct leaders, state party chairs that are coming. I know Steve Bannon had a packed um, force multiplier event. Tell us all about that. Yeah, it was awesome. I was there. I think. I mean, he says it was more than two hundred. I would kind of, I would up that, probably double that. And it was really uh, exciting to talk about these people. Look, Charlie, I know you're very involved in this effort. Everyone has their own lane they want to pick. Should we be chasing ballots? Should we be voting early? Uh, should we be uh, having a whole coordinated activity? Uh, at these election centers? Should we be guarding election boxes? I think the key is, is that here at CPAC, we have different groups that have signed up to do different things. And my call to the activist is get in those rooms, get, take those $12 an hour jobs, even if you're someone who doesn't need the money, get in the rooms. It used to be about being an election observer. That when I, in my time uh, in uh, national politics, it was all about the volunteers watching the count. Well, things have gotten so crooked. You gotta be in the room. When they're doing the count, you know, that, that most of these elections are being determined by temps in our largest cities. So why don't we get those jobs? And if there's wrongdoing, take the videos. And the other thing we have to do is we have to intimidate in the nicest of ways all these elected officials that continue to flout the law. I don't care what jurisdiction you're in. Go to the meetings, make appointments, make it very clear, become conversant with the law. If the citizens don't stand up, Nobody in a white building in, in Washington, D.C. is going to make any changes. And I, I will say this, um, all this news about Michael Watley from North Carolina being the chairman is someone I've known for 20 years. Um, he's brilliant. He's an election lawyer. Um, he's exactly the type of leadership, if that's where this goes, that we need. And, uh, and I'm going to help him just in every way I possibly can. And I think we need, look, we need new leadership in these organizations who have quite frankly failed us. And the grassroots believes that and fundraising shows that. And I also think it's very important for groups like CPAC and Turning Point and others to be very well funded in their plans. If we just rely on the national committees and the national campaigns to get this thing done, we will fail again. We've got to make sure all these outside groups 
have the coffers to do what it takes. That's what the left does now. And, you know, as much as I think the left is evil, sometimes I think they're slyer than us. How about we hopscotch them and we innovate and we do things they've never thought of? No, I, I love that. So, so Matt, walk us through the sequence, some of the speakers, how people can watch online. Uh, I know Real America's Voice is streaming a lot of it, just the details for people that are remote. Well, I want to first compliment Real America's Voice on streaming the uh, International Summit. That was an amazing thing to see a resolution on the WHO, a resolution in support of Israel, and a resolution calling out the crimes of the Biden administration on election interference, akin to what Vladimir Putin gets charged with doing by trying to put Donald Trump in prison, all coordinated, by the way, by the White House counsel, who continues to be an anonymous person in our society. I think we ought to make him famous because what he's doing is wrong. And uh, so over the course of the next couple of days, as you know, with your great conference, these grassroots supporters will be hearing from the big names. We had less congressmen and senators, Charlie, because quite frankly, if you don't believe in using the power, then uh, we're not going to buy you to CPAC. Uh, we want people like Tommy Tuberville, who spoke this morning, who believes in using his Senate power to stop the intransigence of the Biden administration. And beyond that, I don't think just picking a bunch of Washington politicians does very much. We need to get back into these grassroots and, and, and highlight the heroes, highlight the heroes on the border, highlight the heroes in our communities that are standing up for girls sports and the pushing back on the insanity of what's going on in our schools. Um, and, you know, and we're also going to have this international flair. We have the president of El Salvador closing tonight, President Bukele. Um, and we're going to have uh, Javier Millet, the new president of Argentina, will be joining us. And then they come with all these interesting people from their areas. You know, Charlie, they love to call us racist. It's just so strange that when all the continents assemble at our uh, conferences uh, of all different religions, all different skin colors, it really kind of makes that racism charge completely absurd. I love it. Matt, keep fighting. Great work. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you, Charlie. As we've all seen over the past few years, the amount of heavy metals, microplastics, and other toxins we are all exposed to has only increased. These are important world issues we must continue to discuss. And since you know that I take my health seriously, I only stand by the best. One company that is aware of these global challenges and that I proudly support is Ascent Nutrition, which has unique health products meant for these times. One I've been using is their pine pollen tincture which contains 200 nutrients and important components like glutathione and DHEA. Glutathione is known for healthy detoxification and immune support, while DHEA is known as the happiness hormone and supports mood and brain health. Pine pollen is also nature's highest source of special phytohormones, which support hormone function, libido, and adrenal health. I love it because you could truly feel the benefits, and since I am now telling everyone about it, they expect to sell out fast. Before they sell out, click the link in the description below and use the code Kirk to save 10% on your pine pollen tincture and all other products. I want to analyze part of the Trump town hall that he had with the great Laura Ingram. Laura Ingram is terrific, great American. If he continues with this type of messaging, He's going to consolidate Republican support, and he's going to, it's going to be harder and harder for the bad guys to do what they did in 2020. I don't know if we have this, this one piece of tape. It was, it was just one of the funniest Trump moments I've seen in some time where he says, and there's people, they're coming in. They say, where are you from? Congo. And where did you live? Prison. Do we have that quote, Ryan? It's one of the funniest little summaries. Donald Trump running against migrant crime 
and running against an invasion is a winning message. When you think about it, people, civilizations, countries, nations, towns have been invaded for over 5,000 years. It is a message that is very easy for people to understand. Let's play cut 50. This is a winning message. This wins over blacks, wins over Hispanics, wins over working class voters, wins over suburban voters. And boy, it is a huge issue across the country. You are seeing break-ins, DUIs, rapes, arson, murder committed by illegals. Play cut 50. It's a new category. I don't know if you've heard this, but I came up with this one. Migrant crime. There's crime. There's violent crime. There's migrant crime. We have a new category of crime. It's called migrant crime. And it's going to be worse than any other form of crime. He continues to say that if we don't have a border, we do not have a country. My favorite part of the town hall that I encourage you to watch is this. It's cut 47. It is he very easily could have defected. He very easily could have backed down or surrendered. Play cut 47. You ever just say to yourself, you know, I'm done. This, this is what they, I why? Can't. A lot of people would have said, I'm going to come I, out. I, I, why are you staying in this? I can't because I want to make America great again. It's not great right now. And we can do that. We can do that. We can do that. Laura, we can do it. We can get it fixed. It's harder now. It would have been so much easier if we just finished off that. For Everything would have been so perfect. We had the border set. Everything was set to rock and roll. He wants common sense things for the country. Play cut 51. And I always say I want people with common sense because there's so many things happening in this country that don't make sense. Who wants an open border? Who wants high interest rates? Who wants all electric vehicles? And they're fine, but you want to have choice. You want to go to combustion. You want to go to uh, the any hybrid. I think the hybrid are much better from that standpoint. But you talk. We were talking about faucets. We're talking about we're talking about so much. It's all based on common sense. We want a strong military. We want choice in education. We want to have things that can really make our country great again. Contrast that with cut seventy nine. And the economy is growing. It's growing. Jobs, income across the board. We have the most advanced economy of any major nation in the world. It really makes it, it, people say, you know, is Biden going to drop out of the race? At this point, I think I want to run against Biden more than anybody else. It seems to be that the Democrat cabal, the Democrat oligarchy, they're pushing and they're pushing to try to have Biden removed, but it's getting late in the game. It's getting late in the game. And my advice to Speaker Johnson is you guys missed the opportunity to get through all the impeachment stuff. You have to put points on the board for this continuing resolution coming up in March, by the way. It's coming up in just about a week. And are we going to do another CR? It is just one CR after the other. One CR after the other. Hey, this is Charlie Kirk, and I know a lot of you have been suffering under the Biden economy. Recently, school loan payments have been reinstated, and for many, it's adding thousands to their monthly expenses. My friends, Andrew Del Rey and Todd Avakian, they're amazing. They really helped me through a tough, tough situation recently. They've been excellent. They're ethical. They're just really great people. They're followers of Jesus Christ, and our worldviews are the same. 
I love them. And so please go to andrewandtodd.com. Interest rates are coming down, and they may be able to lower your overall payment. In fact, one of our team members said, Charlie, is it time to me to own a home? I sat down. I went to the numbers. I said, get in the owner game. Honestly, enough renting. You are burning your money renting. It might be a little bit more to own, but you're building equity. That's money you'll have for the rest of your life. Perhaps a reverse mortgage is a perfect solution. It's about expertise you could trust in times like this. I can't tell you how helpful they've been for me personally. They've just been excellent. Andrew and Todd, I'm honored to call them friends. We hang out when I go to Orange County together. Uh, they're really great. So say, Charlie sent me, 888-888-1172. That's 888-888-1172. They helped me through a mortgage situation recently that was super complex and moving pieces. And it was really, really tough. And other banks, by the way, wanted nothing to do with it. And they crushed it for me. 10 out of 10. Andrewandtodd.com. So check it out right now, andrewandtodd.com. Joining us now is Russ Vogt. Uh, Russ, welcome back to the program. Russ, I read this article trying to attack you for being a Christian. Uh, I, I didn't even make it all the way through the article, uh, as, as most of them. Uh, but the raw story one says, Christian nationalist Trump ally crafting plan to invoke Insurrection Act on day one. Russ, what's going on here? Yeah, this is part of an ongoing strategy on the left to demonize Christians who are involved in the political process. And and generally the left is okay if you privatize your faith, but God forbid you would ever take your Christian worldview and seek to apply it on a principled basis to the various public policy questions that come across uh, the public square. And uh, this has been an effort for years. The left has invested in the term Christian nationalist because they're trying to get Christians who think and love and care about their nation to not uh, in, endeavor to be in the public square. And this is kind of, you know, uh, the, the latest of, of their attempts to weaponize this. Uh, they're trying to kind of connect it with the Trump administration. Uh, obviously, the President Trump supports what he has put out on his website. That's his agenda. Uh, we have a separate think tank in which we work on paradigm shifting ideas. And one of those paradigm shifting ideas is that as a country, we've been too secular. The, the conservative movement has been too secular and that we're not going to save our country or have anything to sell to the American people that's largely just divorced from the soul and is just pure materialism. We believe that you've, you've got to appeal to people on the basis of who they are created in the image of God. And one of the aspects of that is that people have souls. And so that is why we we are we care a lot about this debate because for too long, and Charlie, you've seen this a lot with all of the work that you've been doing in churches, that people in the pews have had pastors that have been giving them bad advice, that have been saying, look, don't don't work and tirelessly and care about your country. Uh, that's wrong. And we we one of our major priorities as a center is to to change that worldview. The the dominant view of the Uniparty is secularism. And I hope everyone understands that. And the Uniparty thrives on, especially from the center-right, de-emphasizing any sort of biblical worldview. And you might have your own private traditions. You might have Christmas or you can go to Mass. But don't you ever allow it to instruct why you do what you do. So, Russ, I want to play a, a tape here. It's from Joy Reid. Play Cut 52. Russell Vout, Trump's former OMB director. Christian nationalism is a top priority along with invoking the Insurrection Act on day one to quash protests and refusing to spend authorized congressional funds on unwanted projects. So uh, your response to Joy Reid. 
I mean, they mash about 15 to 20 different policy ideas. I think she was referring to impoundment. That's a budget idea that has nothing to do necessarily with what we're talking about. You had all sorts of, of, of normal social conservative policies that have been articulated. And then you bring in Joy's concerns about the conservative movement and, and, and us being against critical race theory, which is state sanctioned racism. So they have put all these things together and just said, that's Christian nationalism. And every one of them needs to be unpacked and to figure out what, in fact, we are proposing and what we are not. What is leftist slander? Each one of them, they are slandering us, which is you know, par for the course. Uh, but what I, what I do think that clip shows is the extent to which, not unlike racism, not unlike bigotry, the left uses these, these pejoratives to scare us out of the public square. Whenever, you know, if it's tax cuts or dereg, they don't really care about that. But when it's a cultural issue that gets at what the nation honors and dishonors, what it favors and disfavors, that's when they throw the pejoratives of. And what we've learned over the last five years, or really since Donald Trump came to office in 2016, you do not save your country by retreating. You save your country by pinning your ears back and moving forward, winning the debate and not really caring about what they say about you on CBS and the, at the nightly news. 100%. And again, everybody has a worldview. Everybody does. The only people that are not allowed to mention or act on their worldview are Christians. That's important. You have the guy that was the, uh, what was that? The monkeypox response director. He's dressed in all sorts <laughs> of weird like satanic garb. You got all sorts of, you got Levine with obviously trans ideology. But if you dare have a biblical worldview, they're going to try and crush you. Joy Reid continues, and I don't mean to put you through the firing squad here, Russ. I just think it's interesting, <laughs> you know, because Joy Reid and that kind of community of cable news broadcasters, they're trying to create this fear mongering tactic around Christians acting in government. Let's go to 54, please. He also wants to dismantle the Department of Education, enforce Florida-style patriotic education in our schools, end federal funding of any schools that mention so-called critical race theory, gender ideology, or what people like Stephen Miller determined to be inappropriate racial, sexual, or political content. They intend to force children to learn about their version of the nuclear family, including the roles of mothers and fathers and things that make men and women different and unique. That's what our kids will learn in Trump's Christian nationalist public schools. Wait, I'm sorry. Uh, what would make men and women unique is that, that that that's radical. Russ, that sounds like a great school. Yeah, that, that part is true. We are totally OK with schools. Uh, treating men and women differently on the basis of their biological sex. I, I am opposed to the Department of Education because I think it's the Department of Critical Race Theory. I mean, you have grants after grant of culturally responsive learning where you're funding essentially a cultural revolution, not just with teachers, but with the students. That's what all this wokeism about. It is not about improving schools and it's not about improving test scores. It is about creating a cultural revolution. And we are not going to save our country if we're not willing to have that debate. So happy that she, she spotlighted that one because uh, we are it's been one of our number one priorities. So let me ask you a strategic messaging question. I have no problem if it's properly understood when someone calls me a Christian nationalist. I reject when they're trying to use a dog whistle, when they're trying to say it's a fascist and all that nonsense. I love the Constitution. You love the Constitution. But should we lean into this as far as the label? What, how, how, from a messaging standpoint, uh, one of our producers 
who, by the way, is not a Christian, but a great patriot, says, you guys should lean in on this, that do not give the left an inch. What do you think, Russ? Well, I know there's a lot of disagreement on our side about this. And I wrote a provocative article for Newsweek that says, what's so bad about Christian nationalism? And we have leaned into it more so than many. And that is because unlike most pejoratives, it describes something that's true. We are Christian who are nationalists. We are people who believe that we have a Christian nation. I mean, Christian nationism would probably be the most accurate aspect of what I believe and where I think that you know, home row should be in the debate, right? But from the standpoint of uh, the extent to which the left is trying to use this as a pejorative, I understand people don't want to lean into it. Um, and, I, and I don't think it's that particularly important. But I do think what is vital is that they, you've got to understand that it's okay to think and love and prioritize, prioritize being the key word, your nation as a Christian. Right now, churches are have all of this talk about love your neighbor, and they don't have any ability to say, no, we do not want that group of refuge coming from that country that is dominated by Sharia law. We don't want that, that group of individuals, not because they're not made in the image of God, but because they have a different view of what a country should be, and they certainly have no view of what our country with a, a constitution and the Bill of Rights should look like. So that's the kind of thing that I do think is important a little bit to, to, to prick the conversation and force it a little bit by leaning into the debate and not just saying, oh my gosh, they called me a Christian nationalist. I'm just going to run and hide. Like that's, that is what I, I, I I'm, I'm not going to do. And I don't think that's the right approach, but I understand if people have a different uh, views from a strategic standpoint. Yeah. And also it's important to remember you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself, which also means you must balance serving yourself and your own self-interest as you would love other people. And so I just, the, the churches always just say, love your neighbor. I say, no, no I know, but the, the commandment in Leviticus says, as yourself. Okay, I just, I want to make sure everyone has their theology uh, correct. Just give it, I was with President Trump yesterday. He's in great spirits. He has really uh, an amazing motivation to try to transform the federal government and a willingness because obviously what he's going through, you are one of the top people. I'd put you top two or three people that have really thought deeply about how to fix this. I, I know day one, um, you know, if asked to serve, which I imagine you will be, you'll be right there in the White House helping, you know, shape and form and restore the constitutional promise. Well, you know, obviously I love working for President Trump and strongly support him. And I think that he's a, a, a once in a century uh, individual to carry this banner because of what he's experienced, but also his his uh, willingness to have confrontation with the deep state and the forces that are are, are killing our country. And, you know, I, I remember talking with him about the extent to what we were learning along the way in our in our first four years. And uh, I think he has a, a, a developed sense of what must be done. And that's exciting. And it's exciting to be a part of something that where you're trying to put through, like, think like the left does mechanically. How do you seize control of these agencies? What are the paradigms that they have used? Our, our side is the people that go out and build businesses. Their side is the one that for decades stays in a particular bureaucracy and understands it from the inside and out. And we have largely not had that. And so my perch at Office of Management and Budget gave me the opportunity from a government-wide perspective to have theses that we are developing at the Center for Renewing America that we believe we can offer up as, as a set of ideas, proposals, menus, some you take, some you leave for President Trump. Uh, if and when, and, and we firmly believe that he will take office uh, next year. 
Hey, everybody, Charlie Kirk here. Mike Lindell and MyPillow employees want to thank my listeners for all your continued support. To thank you, they're having an overstock clearance sale right now for the best prices ever when you use promo code Kirk and you get free shipping on your entire order. Get 50% off the MyPillow 2.0 and the brand new flannel sheets that just arrived and won't last long. Get six-pack towel sets for only $29.98 and take advantage of the free shipping on larger items like mattresses and mattress toppers. The 100% made in USA on sale for as low as $99.99. Everything is on sale from the brand new kitchen towels that have the same technology as the bath towels that actually absorb dog beds, blankets, couch pillows, and so much more. To get the best specials ever, go to MyPillow.com or call 800-875-0425. Use promo code Kirk and get free shipping on your entire order. So call 800-875-0425 or go to MyPillow.com, promo code Kirk. That is MyPillow.com, promo code Kirk. I think so highly of Mike Lindell. He's a great patriot. He's a terrific person. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code Kirk. Russ, uh, before we run out of time, tell our audience about your group, how people can support you. Uh, AmericaRenewing.com is our website. Uh, we exist to to renew a consensus in this country that we're a nation under God with unique interests that flow from our people, our history, our institutions, and that people's enjoyment of liberty, we believe in liberty strongly, is done with under just laws and in healthy communities. And in each of those, we're trying to make a corrective of what we believe a conservatism of the last 40, 50 years hasn't saved the country. And there's a reason for that. So we're looking to be uh, we're for God instead of secular, for country instead of imperial and global, and for community instead of just economic. And that's the organization that we have a host of issues anywhere from big tech reform to stopping the funding for Ukraine. And, and we'd love if folks would check us out. One of the concerns that I've heard expressed, and I had a, a very robust discussion yesterday with someone who will be voting for Trump, but he's not a Trump fan, uh, but to his credit, he's voting for him is he says, Charlie, Trump needs to embrace the Nikki Haley wing, the Bush wing, because he'll need personnel to run the government. Is there truth in that statement, Russ? I think that's the wrong way to look at it. And I am very, very concerned to make sure that we have answered the criticism from the uniparty and the establishment, your smart set, right? Is they don't believe that populist nationalist government can be done by our side and, and our our wing of the, the coalition. I reject it. I think that there are, are, are wonderful examples of people that served and others who want to serve that are the type that can govern from an America first perspective. And so I think that is how uh, that would be a mistake to believe that the only people that can govern are the ones that have adopted all of the wrong paradigms that President Trump ran against once, twice, and now a third time. And I think we've got to raise up the right number of leaders who are built for a storm. And, you know, those who are are not playing it safe right now, uh, watching people like my colleague Jeff Clark try to be disbarred, I, I, I hope we find people that are in any, it doesn't have to be public, it could be at a school board level, but I want to see people that are leaning forward into conflict with great cheer, so, confidence, and so courage I, to I, be able to serve their country. I love that. And I've asked this question of James Bacon and others and Sarab Sharma. What is the number of people that will need to be the beachhead? Donald Trump becomes 47th president to really reform the federal government. I've heard different numbers. I say, Charlie, you could do it with a mighty hundred. You could take upwards of a thousand. What, 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 is, what, is, the, what is the answer in your opinion? 
Well, I look at it a little bit more from an institutional standpoint. That's one of the reasons why I think it's important to lean into the organizations that give presidents, Democrat presidents, the ability to control the executive branch. So I look at Office of Management and Budget and I say, look, it's not just a budget office. It has all of the tools that are necessary to be able to control the deep administrative state. What's important is you actually have to know the tools and be willing to use them. President Trump is someone that was issuing vetoes to protect these tools and not in the midst of an impeachment uh, crisis. And so he certainly knows those. So I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily have an answer for you. Obviously, we need a good bench. I look at it more from the standpoint of what are those important above the line agencies? What are the tools and are you willing to use them? And what are the paradigms? Obviously, Department of Justice is not an independent agencies. There are no independent agencies. That itself is something that if you name it and you claim it, you have provided and armed an entire bench of, of appointees to go in and get it right in a way that the founders would have understood. It is going to be the big question. First, can you win the election? Then can you run the government? And I, there's a lot of smart people that are um, that are, are capable and you're one of them. And by the way, Mike Pence has this ridiculous new effort out, Russ, $20 million effort to fight GOP populism. I read that as they're going to, they're going to try to undercut the incoming administration. That's what I see is that if there is a Republican administration, um, we, we need, we need people to say, I'm willing to leave my farm, leave my job and go serve this government. I think there would be thousands of great Americans that would step up to save the country. Russ, thank you so much. Thanks, Charlie. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Email us as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Thanks so much for listening and God bless. For more on many of these stories and news you can trust, go to charliekirk.com.